When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Pure Talk, the cell phone service my family relies on, is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. As you plan your summer travel, make sure your wireless company covers you at home and abroad. Unlimited talk, text, plenty of 5G data for just $20 a month. That's less than half the price of Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Go to puretalk.com slash clay and make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash clay, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Switch to Pure Talk so you can have more money to travel with this summer. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome, everybody. It is Monday. It is time for Clay and Buck all across the land. Thanks for being here with us. Um, we've got, as always is the case on Monday, because it all comes together from over the weekend, a lot to discuss. We've got Trump on meets the press with its new host, uh, Kristen Welker. We've got Speaker McCarthy proceeding with the impeachment inquiry without much pushback from Republicans. Stories on that over the weekend. So it looks like so far unity on the impeachment inquiry. Numbers from the border, Customs and Border Patrol, uh, telling Fox News how many thousands of encounters. I'm not going to tell you the number now. you got to stay with us. But just think in your head, how many in one weekend, how many people entered into America at our southern border illegally. Um, so that's certainly something we will dive into. A lot of stuff from the Trump meet the press interview, uh, some of which we'll we'll uh, dive into here, outlining his uh, Trump's positions on Ukraine, on um, abortion, on uh, he obviously talked about the trials, January 6th stuff, a lot of things. So I'll have some time for that in a little bit. But first up, um, one thing that we've been processing here on the show is the new reality that hunter biden is facing uh three felony indictments related to a gun charge this news broke last week uh clay i actually managed to do a backflip while still seated in his chair i didn't even know it was possible but when the news broke he uh he had been calling it for a long time this this could happen so we're going to see if it turns into uh, a reality that Hunter Biden could face prison time. In the meantime, I still think there are a lot of ways they're going to try to make this go away, but it's a crazy world we live in. Now we've got, I mean, it's crazy enough, Clay, that Trump is facing four indictments. When you add to this, though, that the president's son is facing a multiple count indictment. So Trump is facing four different criminal trials and also uh, a civil trial and you know, 
whatever else they're going to throw at him. Hunter Biden facing three felony charges and one indictment around the gun charge. The son of the sitting president. We got a lot of things to dive into. This was a strategy that I'm not sure that many people saw uh, coming. And it was Hunter Biden over the weekend. This just broke. Has sued the IRS for allegedly breaching his privacy. He says that the whistleblowers, a 27-page lawsuit, Clay, Hunter Biden's lawyers say that a couple of IRS agents, the whistleblowers, Shapley and Ziegler, um, have created problems for Hunter's privacy, effectively putting the trying to put the whistleblowers on the hot seat in this instance. What do you take from this? What do you make of this strategy? Is it something that might work? It's incredibly brazen and reckless. And if we had an honest Department of Justice, immediately they would file felony charges against Hunter Biden for income tax evasion. I mean, I just want everybody out there to think about what's going on. Hunter Biden is not saying, hey, these uh, these releases are inaccurate. Because remember, he hasn't paid millions of dollars that he owed that we know of for sure in back taxes. Buck, he tried to write off Hookers on his tax returns, right off hookers. Um, and the only reason why he didn't get away with this sweetheart deal was because the House was won by Republicans and these two IRS agents stepped forward and told us exactly how rigged the investigation was into Hunter Biden. So I, I think this is an incredibly reckless legal strategy. At a minimum, Buck, it would require that Hunter Biden testify under oath and be aggressively deposed. This is a civil suit. But anything that he said in a civil suit would potentially open him up to criminal liability for what he said under oath. So I just, maybe there's a lawyer out there uh, that has uh, been involved in cases like these that could even point out what the legal strategy could be. Because, Buck, as soon as I saw this this morning... I started reading about it, and it just seems like a reckless, indefensibly dumb legal strategy because I don't even know what his defense is. I think that this is part of – I mean, clearly it's it's a muddy the waters thing. right? That's the obvious, and I'm not sure how effective that is, but I, I think it, it's part of a broader attempt here to turn all of the Biden crime family allegation stuff into the uh, – the opposite end of the playing field, if you will, like the opposite team from all the stuff up against Donald Trump. In essence, Hunter's team is trying to say this is all political, too. This is a hit job, just like the stuff against Trump they say is a hit job. This is a hit job. They want to elevate the Biden crime family stuff to the same level of politicization that the Trump stuff is, right? This is, I, I'm saying this is, I think, their goal, so that then that gives Democrats the ability to say, you know, the republic is at stake. They would have left Hunter alone if it wasn't for the politics of this, and Donald Trump is the real threat. You, you know what I mean? To, to dismiss, because legally he's guilty, right? Like, from a statutory perspective, Hunter Biden's a criminal, full stop, we all know it. Yeah. The only defense they're going to run with is, Oh, this is politicized too, just like the Trump stuff. Now, the Trump stuff is obviously very political as well. There's four crazy indictments. The Hunter stuff, they should have prosecuted this guy years and years ago. That's what's political. Yeah. Well, so what's weird about this to me, Buck, is 
they're not even arguing. Like, Trump is arguing, I didn't commit these crimes, right? Trump said, I didn't mishandle the documents. Trump said, I didn't do anything illegal on January 6th. Trump said, uh, and again, I'm just paraphrasing, in New York City, this is a misdemeanor at worst. I wasn't involved. I'm not criminally culpable. And in Atlanta, he's saying, I didn't do anything wrong. What's interesting about this is Hunter Biden's lawsuit implicitly is acknowledging that he did everything wrong. Because basically what he's trying to sue for is invasion of privacy. But in order for your privacy to be invaded, at least so far by what I have seen, he is saying that accurate information has been released about him into the general public. So the laptop, the failure to pay taxes, the gun charges, all these things that have been written about are, in fact, uh, true. So the difference is, to me, yes, I can see the political angle, but the political angle for Trump is, this is all politics. I didn't commit any crime. What Hunter Biden is saying is, okay, this is all politics. My privacy was invaded, well, which remember, is a, a pretty substantial distinction I would see there. The, the pitch is not to convince a single Republican in the country that Hunter Biden is not guilty of these things. It's to create a narrative that Democrats can use to blunt the effectiveness of the truth coming out about Hunter and the crime family, right? So this is just, it's like a fallback. This is the talking point. And so to, to, to what you're saying, yeah, Trump is saying, I didn't do anything wrong. I did nothing criminal. The Hunter team is going to say, and this is, you, you notice they've already said this, oh, Hunter's gotten such harsh treatment. Yeah. And everyone looks at this and says, that's, that's absolutely absurd. They're going to try to bring some of the, I, I'm just trying to see what they're doing here and look at it for some level of strategy. It's, I think it's flailing, but I, I'm trying to see what their, you know, what their motive is, what their, uh, their action is based on. And I think it's that they can say that this would have never, this would have been dealt with, you know, in, in an easy fashion. And, you know, he's being treated poorly because of the politics involved yeah. by Republicans and the whistleblowers. And it's a, it's crap. But it is the line, right? I mean, you gotta remember, they went with Russia collusion clay for four years. So we can't assume that their defense or their talking points will be reality based. That's not, no, that's yeah, not I'm true. actually, that's what I'm surprised by, I guess, Buck, is th- they're not as, uh, they're not as aggressive in the defense as I would think they would be if they were defending. Cause here's what I would say if I were Hunter Biden's lawyer, right? I've represented convicted murderers. I've represented drug dealers. I've repre- I've represented reprobates, okay? So Did this the murderers is I... get off? You always tell me about this, but you never tell me. Did you get the murderer off? No, or, no. You know, the... So far as I know, I believe he's still in jail. Um, but, but, why would the defense not be to build on what you're saying, Buck? My client didn't do anything wrong. Like, if I were advising Hunter Biden and I were his lawyer, my defense would be my client did nothing wrong. The only reason why he's being investigated is because his dad's the president of the United States. And the only reason we agreed to a plea agreement at all was because we wanted to take this distraction away from my father's reelection campaign in 2024. That would be my defense. Now, I think, I think it's BS, right? but that's what I, I would defend him. That's far more effective. I think that they're suing the IRS is a part, is try, they're try, uh, trying to create the paper trail, so to speak, to make the case that this is being, you know, this is all a big political circus now. It's, it's become a, a function of, you know, trying to get political back and forth going here, uh, uh, a, you know, you did to me, I will do to you situation. 
Um, I don't know how well it's really going to work, but remember, Democrats will all go, they'll all, they're, they're signed on. I think the Democrat media is largely signed on. The fact that you have people who make a living thinking and speaking on television saying that Hunter Biden, um, is only being prosecuted because of who his dad is. I mean, Hunter Biden clearly broke the law as, as much as we can know anyone before they're actually convicted in a court of law broke the law. I mean, effectively, the conduct is, is, Clay, some of it's on video, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what, what else is there? I know we have a presumption of innocence, and it is an important principle. Um, I think it gets lost a lot. But the presumption of innocence in the case of Hunter Biden is, you know, you're really standing on a formality with that one. Yeah, I guess I'm looking at it again. I always try to think about it if I were representing this guy. Like, take away the politics, everything else. The last thing I want to do, Buck, is put him in any situation where he ever might have to testify under oath because that would create the largest possible criminal culpability for him. When you are voluntarily suing, you are, and they're suing the IRS, if this case were to proceed, then it would lead to Hunter Biden being directly under oath deposed about every single detail of his tax return. To the point of, that we always make about the processes here and, and the machinery of the, I'm assuming the IRS, this, this is not going to the front of the line, buddy. You know what I mean? No, this is going to, I get it. So but, this but, just, this create, this is for the media to have something to chew on. This is not for the actual defense of Hunter via a lawsuit against whistleblowers that's going nowhere. Anger is not a legal strategy. When I see this buck, this looks like anger as a legal strategy. Hunter is angry because he didn't get his plea deal. Hunter is angry because he's now got an indictment against him. And when your client is angry, and every lawyer out there can talk about this, when you have an angry client, you have an irrational client that often requests that you do things that do not make sense. I think this is coming from Hunter Biden, Buck. I think he's behaving irrationally, and he's acting out in an angry fashion. And I think he is exposing himself, ironically enough, given the phrase, uh, given what he's already exposed, I think he's exposing himself legally in a far more severe fashion than he understands. And sometimes, sometimes clients make you do things that are stupid because they're the client and you are the attorney. And I think this is driven by Hunter. Well, he is going through his lawyers. Trump over the weekend was speaking about ongoing indictments against him in specificity. Without his lawyers present, without his lawyers say Correct. so, he doesn't, he doesn't give a, uh, a trump about the whole situation. He's just going for it. So I'm curious when we come back, you tell me, what do you think about this? He is saying, uh, yeah, he's saying a lot of stuff. Again, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of lawyers, a lot of stuff out there on the listening. TV for the, for the trials. A lot of lawyers out there listening say, I love the practice of law except for the clients. I think that's probably what Donald Trump's criminal defense attorneys are saying right now. And to be fair to Trump and, and to be fair to Hunter, they're really engaged in a unique spot where they have to be both politically and legally fighting simultaneously. And sometimes that can lead you in divergent paths. You know, a company's looking out for you when they upgrade your service, don't charge you for it. Pure Talk just did that for both new and current customers. They increased the data on their plans 50%, including a mobile hotspot with each one with no price increases whatsoever. Still, just 20 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, and now 50% more 5G data plus mobile hotspots. Most families saving almost $1,000 a year while enjoying the most dependable 5G network in America. 
Another bonus, you'll be supporting a veteran-owned company that only hires in the good old USA, keeping customer service team here as well. Great values, great service. Pure Talk is the way to go. Dial, dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck to make the switch to Pure Talk today, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250. Say Clay and Buck and make the switch to Pure Talk today. Don't miss a day of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com news. That's LifeLock.com news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you, Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The that's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, oh. started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. We were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. 
Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, we're talking about the Hunter Biden, I think, insanely dumb decision to file a lawsuit surrounding the IRS issues. To me, Buck, also, we should mention this. It puts on the table even more the failure of the IRS to charge so far. Like, calling out the IRS for an IRS investigation when you clearly have not paid taxes, it's easy enough to know whether or not you paid your millions of dollars in back taxes. And arguably, the thing that's so crazy to me about the Hunter Biden story, Buck, far from being treated unfairly, the fact that they just let him not paying taxes, I believe it was in 2015 and 2016 and maybe 2014 as well, just expire under the statute of limitations without filing any charges, regardless of what you think of the politics. When Hunter Biden didn't pay taxes in those years, the IRS default is saying, yeah, we're not even going to try to capture the the money that he owed. He's suing a effectively. I mean, suing the IRS, he's suing these two whistleblowers. He is suing an entity that covered his, you know, watched yes. his back. So it's really amazing. He got special treatment from the IRS and is suing the IRS for giving him special treatment in the other direction. Correct. This is how this is how bonkers the situation really is for all of us to uh, and, to watch. And, and see. regardless of the politics, I would think this makes the IRS far more likely to bring charges against him. Because if I'm sitting around and I'm an IRS mm. agent and I'm and I'm being objectively honest. It's one thing to give him preferential treatment, but to your point, to sue arguing that you've been unfairly treated when you've actually been far too fairly treated is a level of brazenness that I can't even believe any attorney worth his salt would ever agree to, which is why I think this is coming yeah. from Hunter. Well, this is this is a common thing among some liberals though you know they'll get into an institution or get get hired under regulations that treat yeah. them differently and and in a positive way you get a leg right. up on the competition and then they get in there and they say I don't like the way I'm treated I'm suing you know yes. so so this is a this is actually something that the left wing mentality has I think on a on a pretty regular basis but I think Clay one part of this for me it's it's Monday September 18th in case anyone's wondering what the date is Monday, September 18th. I'm not sensing the Biden's got to go chorus right now. It didn't happen yeah. over the weekend in an didn't, aggressive didn't, way. You know, it didn't kind of launch in. Now that doesn't mean, but we have weeks here before it, before they're stuck with Biden. Yeah. And I do think at some level they might just be trying to think through, guys, what's the strategy here? I think that the people who really make decisions within the DNC and the Democrat Party aren't really sure what they're going to do. Well, not only that, Buck, I, I also, this is the sad part. I mean, Dr. Jill Biden and Hunter Biden, do you think they're going to sit down with Joe and say, hey, dad, it's time for you to step down? No, they owe all of their relevance and all of their power to their dad's and their husband's position. They're not going to ask him to walk away from that. There you go. Pay close attention to our federal government's Treasury Department for a future announcement on our currency system. According to former Wall Street insider and digital currency expert Tika Tiwari, the government could soon announce a national recall on the U.S. dollar. It will be replaced with a new digital version that will be very different from what you and I are used to right now. If it comes to be, you're going to want to be prepared for it in advance. You don't want to be caught unaware by this. You don't want this to be a thing that creeps up on you. Tika Tawari is warning everybody who will listen that the official announcement could come this fall. 
He's exposing this government plan in a video that's up online now. It shows you the three steps you need to take to prepare. Go online to dollarrecall.com to watch this video and learn from it. That's dollarrecall.com and learn how to prepare in time for this possible change. That's dollarrecall.com, paid for by Palm Beach Research Group. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. The lies he's Mr. told. President, I want to talk Krista, about wait a minute. Wait, wait. Could I say one thing? Look at all the lies he's told over the last couple of weeks. He said he was at the World Trade Center, and he wasn't. He said he flew airplanes, right? He didn't. He said he drove trucks, and he didn't. Everything he says is like a lie. It's terrible. Mr. President, Even I'm his handicap. I wolf, he said he's a six. He's not a six. So you had Kristen Welker there on her first meet the press as the host. Uh, Chuck Todd stepped aside. I, I, I don't mean this um, to be unkind. I mean, Chuck Todd, I always thought was a even look, it's it's a regime Democrat establishment show. Um, wasn't always people. I, I know people on the right who said they actually liked the uh, the what was Russert, right? Was the guy. Yeah, Tim Russert. Yeah, Tim Russert. Right. Back in the day. Um, I don't really, I was, I've never been a big Sunday show watcher in general, but point being, um, it, it got worse under Chuck Todd, a lot worse. And then, uh, under Welker, we'll, we'll see how it goes. It was her first outing interviewing Donald Trump. Even if you're, I'm just going to say this, even if you are, uh, you know, as, as on the Trump train as possible, you're just not shaping the interview really. That doesn't really, that's not a thing like the, you know, when, when Trump is loose, he's he's going it's a where bit he's like going. Like riding a tiger, right? Like yeah. you can maybe sit on the back of a tiger, but it's really hard to control the direction that it goes yeah. very often. Yeah, you, you're not telling it what to do, and that's a little bit like when, when you're interviewing Trump. And you saw quite a bit of it with with Welker. It, this was also what you saw when he did the uh, CNN town hall, because that's opposition. It's opposition media. I mean, I'm saying it's when you just want to be like, hey, Mr. President, can we? Can we get you on another issue? He'd be like, excuse me, excuse me. And he goes back to what he wants to talk about, and you just got to go with what you got. But if you're opposition media, then you've really got your hands full. Um, so you certainly saw some of that. I watched, I actually watched the whole thing. Um, I was, I was very curious to see how it went. One, one area, um, where, uh, you know, this, this is going to be very interesting. What is the, let's say that Trump runs the gauntlet clay and is able to, uh, Beat all the trials and beat Biden and become president again. What does he really do about all of this? Cause she asked him about retribution. This is, this is cut five. I want everyone to hear this. I want, and then I want Clay, you tell me how, how you think this is going to shake out. Play it. When you talk about retribution, are you talking about directing your attorney general to try to go after your political enemy? When I talk about retribution, I'm talking about fairness. We have to treat people fairly. These people on January 6th, they went, some of them never even went into the building and they're being given sentences of, you know, many years. Well, Mr. President, we're going to delve into that a little bit later on, but I want to stay on this idea of what you mean by retribution. Are you looking to appoint an attorney general who will prosecute the people you tell them to prosecute? I'm looking to appoint an attorney general who's going to be tough on crime and fair. Very simple. It's a good answer. I think, I think it's a solid answer. What I, what I'm wondering about here is, I, do you think Trump even knows at this point, because he hasn't gone through the full expanse of the Democrat deep state ambush that, that we all know is coming next yeah. year, right? 
Is he going to take an approach that's magnanimous, or is he going to take an approach that's scorched earth? I bring it up just because I remember all the lock her up chants with Hillary. Lock her up. We remember that. And then Trump became president, and he said, for the basically the best interest of the country, we're just going to let crooked Hillary go. Yeah. You know, she's been through a lot. Yeah, I think he said something like she's been through a lot. Like, he has, Trump has these two speeds where he goes from, like, Conan the Barbarian to, like, Mr. Rogers sometimes with people very quickly. I think that's business negotiation. I think that's ultimately the the way you understand Trump is everything in his mind is a negotiation. And and I think it speaks to Trump's willingness to forgive people who say bad things about him. Because sometimes in negotiation, you say things that you don't actually believe in an effort to get a deal done. And then once the deal's done, you've got to come together and you got to work for mutual purposes. I I don't know, Buck. And, and the one thing that I don't think is being discussed enough is two, oh, two things. One, who's going to go work for Trump? And I say that and people can be like, oh, you know, there's stunt. No, but I, he's only got one term. So if you have a good job, let's say you're a United States senator. I'll give you an example. We've had Ted Cruz on this program a lot. I think Ted Cruz would be an amazing attorney general. I think Ted Cruz is going to get reelected to the Senate on a six-year term in 2024. If you were Ted Cruz, you might be willing to leave the Senate to go work for a president that had multiple terms because maybe you think that you want to do that for a couple of terms. Would you do it for one term? I don't know. And I'm just using him as an example and wondering about how many people out there, if you like your job that you already have and you are a success in it, when you know that at the most Trump has one term, are you going to get supremely talented people? That's that's part one. Part two of this, Buck, is I think, and you're hitting on um, a, a big part of this. Remember, after like a year and a half, if you are not able to run for re-election, your power diminishes in a hurry. So you can only really get a lot done in that first year and a half, and then everybody turns the page and they start thinking about who's going to be next president. Well, and so well, there's not a lot of power that that's going to be vested here. Yes, it is. Patronage is a huge part of all of this still. We don't often talk about that, but how do you get people to work for you? I'd like to say, oh, it's because they just want to serve the country. you got a lot of egomaniacs with many options who are highly successful in different fields who aren't going to just give up whatever it is that they're doing because they want to serve an administration for a, a year or two, right? Yeah. I think there are a lot of people right now who would be great in a second Trump administration who would think twice about it for a whole range of reasons. Uh, and that, that's a bit of a challenge. But in terms of the, uh, the one, just the general one term component of the election as it stands right now. And, you know, I, people keep reminding me, I read the emails and the, the tweets and things. Um, Primary is not over. We get that. And the primary is the primary and that process is still playing out. But we also have to look at the reality of what the Republican base is showing people their preferences at this point resoundingly. And so that's why we speak about the likely, the likely face off of a Biden Trump, um, you know, general election and Clay, both of them would only have one term to go. Yes. Which means the choice of vice president for either candidate is enormously important for their party and their side because you you effectively and, and also given the age of both of the uh 
I was going to say contestants. Sounds like they're on a yeah. game show. Both of the, the, the candidates. Thank you. Candidates, not contestants. The age of the candidates, uh, means that the choice of the vice president is incredibly important, uh, both, I think, for the election, more so than it normally would be, but then also afterwards, uh, because to your point, once you've been in for two years, a president who's got only two years left and can't run for another term, no one's really going to be doing you favors. No one's really going to go to the mat for you. And given that if we end up with Biden v. Trump, which it seems like is very likely, given where we're sitting here on you know a little bit less than four months until the votes start in Iowa, if we do that, Buck, it's not only going to be chaos that whoever wins, let's say Trump wins, let's say Biden wins, the number of people that are going to run for president in 2028 is going to be an all-time record. I, I'm not even kidding. I think there will be 30 people on the Democrat side, and I think there'll be 30 people on the Republican side. I, I think you are going to see a bigger president, I'm talking about for 28, a bigger presidential field of contenders than you have ever seen in the history of the presidency, because so many people have felt that they were, uh, you know, waiting out Trump or you're waiting out the Biden situation. Everybody's throwing their hat in the ring. We're going to have 50 or 60 contenders uh, for president officially. 50 or 60? I mean, I a think lot. So. I, I would agree a lot. I don't know. 50 or 60 sounds. We had we 19, 18, 19, 18 or 19 Republicans in 2016. Yeah, so I think it'll be more than that. It's not. That's that's not crazy when you look at uh, the way the numbers have stacked up in the past. I, I think also we are all seeing that running for the presidency for for some people who know they probably won't win or have almost no shot of winning. They want their voice to be heard at the national level. Um, for others, I think it's a marketing mechanism now. Yeah. A full-on marketing for whatever your next project is, for whatever your company is, or, you know, your, your future. And yeah, at some level, building maybe for a future political campaign of some kind. But it's free media. And that is how people see it now. It has changed, I think, pretty dramatically. It is free media that people want. And I think also Trump's success, and then even using Vivek's success this year, um, I think has opened the sort of scope of who might consider running in a way that that wouldn't have occurred in the past. I th- in other words, I think there's more celebrity uh, contenders than there will have been ever before in 2028. You see, Joy Behar was talking a little smack about Vivek. <laughs> Joy Behar was trying to throw down with Vivek in an area where I don't think I don't think Joy wants to go there. Clay, this was on yeah, the view. We need to we need to play this back when we uh, when we come back. It is uh, it is pretty incredible and ridiculous. Uh, Joy Behar continuing her string as the dumbest woman on television, but now going after someone that is objectively. A thousand times as smart as her. Uh, guys, we rely on testosterone for energy and stamina. You know, testosterone levels have dropped 50% in the past 50 or so years. That is absolutely crazy. If you need more Vim, Vigor, Vitality in your life, how about some all-natural testosterone in, increase? Do you know that the Chalk Male Vitality stack will show over three months that testosterone levels will go up 20%. It's all natural. You can get hooked up. Uh, the, the, the leading ingredient has been proven in studies to replenish diminished amounts of testosterone. Again, Mel Vitality Stack, 
choq.com is the website choq.com there's also a female vitality stack you can get hooked up you get 35% off your subscription for life if you use my name clay again if you don't have the energy you used to want to try to put back a little bit more vigor in your life check out chalk.com that's choq.com 35% off for the life of a subscription choq.com my name clay check it out today Clay and Buck, 24-7. Subscribe today. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Hey, it's Danielle, Will, and Ryder from Pod Meets World. Thanks to our friends at Hyundai, we were able to record a very special episode for you guys at the one and only, wait for it, Boy Meets World House. Take a listen. We are lucky to be sitting with Alan and Amy Matthews in the flesh, William, Rusty Russ, and Betsy Randall. Yay! Thank you. Thank you. Yes. When those legends get here, let me know. <laughs> you're here. You're here already. No. Uh, we didn't either when we were watching yeah, this that's day. The day. That's we the didn't problem. realize it until we uh, started getting into seasons three and four, and now we're like, oh, my God. You were both so good on the show, and we missed it because we were we young. Were kids and, and so self-involved. Egomaniacs yeah. and didn't realize well, no, how great you were. We've talked about it. I think you just assumed everybody was as good as them. And, right. and then right. you get into right. as you grow up and you work with other actors, you realize how how lucky we were yeah. to have you guys. This has been brought to you by the fully electric Hyundai Ionic 5. New episode out now. You can listen wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Our good friend Joy Behar of The Dumbest Show in America, The View, has decided that there is a really dumb person running for President of the United States. Her target, Vivek Ramaswamy. Now, Buck, before we even play this clip, there are many things that you can attack Vivek Ramaswamy for. Anybody out there can say, hey, I'm choosing to vote for somebody else. We've had him on this program several times. Attacking him for not being smart enough to be president 
is dumb even by Joy Behar standards. But a particularly dumb person like Joy Behar attacking a super smart guy like Vivek Ramaswamy is so tone deaf. It would be like me attacking LeBron James for not being able to jump high enough. Uh, it is just next level ridiculous. And let's listen. This business about the aging that keeps coming up and talking about the young generation. The young generation of Republicans are dumb. <laughs> You've got that Vivek Ramaswamy. You've okay, got Marjorie Taylor Greene. You've got, oh, wait a second, Lauren Bubblehead, Matt Gates. But the, the, you have all these people who went along with the insurrection, who believe that Trump won. Oh, Marjorie's out there. Oh, Trump won by a landslide. They're liars. They're, and they are the new generation of the Republican I, I, Party. First of all, the, the thing about Vivek, calling Vivek dumb, Joy Behar, that is... That is precious. I mean, that is a yes. real moment. Um, I, I also think it's interesting that now the standard of the view is they'll pick three or four people and say, this is like the Republican future. But look, all, all those people have name recognition and, you know, are, are doing their thing in the Republican party. Um, but to, to pick that group, I mean, if you really start to line up the leadership of the Republican party in general and the leadership of the Democrat party and you're going to have like a, I don't know how you'd prove this. If you really want to look at their cognition and IQ, that would be interesting as well. But trust me when I say that uh, I think the Republican leadership would smoke the Democrat leadership when it comes to Jeopardy, Jeopardy trivial pursuits or whatever mind games you want to play. What if you and I got to go head to head against all the ladies of the view on like celebrity Jeopardy, but almost family feud style where you're on, you get to go, it's like quiz bowl style almost. How I mean, bad not, not to sound immodest, be? but a mercy rule would have to be they'd have to cut to commercial. They'd start running old episodes of uh, The Price is Right or something. I, I don't even think they could be competitive, Buck, like even if pop culture is included. I, I think that we would be as good or better than them on pop culture. I don't know about music. We might have uh, a little mm. bit of an issue with music. Um, you won't, uh, to, you know, reveal what instrument you used to play. I'm basically tone deaf, so I, 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 I am not confident that I would do well in music. Almost every other category, I would put us on being able to smoke the view. And if they're asking only about popular music, then I think we could do decently, right? I mean, most people know, although you didn't know who Morgan Wallen was, so I, I may need to reinforce my, uh, my nervousness about this. Yeah, no, I would. I, I do you would still want to not know who Morgan Wallen is? Well, I know now because we had this whole <laughs> moment only, on the show where. But only because I discussed it. If I hadn't brought it up on the show, you would still have no idea he exists. No idea. No, not none at all. Um, I I couldn't even name. I, I don't even know if I could name five active NBA players right now. Like I would struggle to do that. I, mean, there's some I got areas, you in sports. Yeah. yeah. No, you, no, you no, no. I know you've got that sports. covered, but I'm yeah. just saying there's some things that I just I block out. I, I pay. I, I absolutely think music no might be you. our blind spot. So if they, yeah. you know, I would be a little bit nervous there. But otherwise, I'm very confident we would beat the view in every category. Yeah, I mean, I think I told you this, but I was asked when I did on campus, uh, on campus interviews, we just did. Oh everything. yeah, this is this is and, I and, yes. I and I and I they asked me who my favorite um New York Yankee was because I was from New York City, and I I said uh, Don Mattingly. And they're like, you know, he's been retired for like 15 years, right? It's <laughs> like, what do you mean Don is retired? This is crazy talk. Well, my sir. favorite part of that interview you did for NBC, I think it was. Yeah, NBC was Sports, when you yeah, said, yeah. what's the most ideal World Series matchup? And you said the Yankees and the Red Sox. Yes. And then I tried to double down on it when they explained to me that couldn't happen. I was like, you didn't say possible. You just said the best, <laughs> yeah. theoretically. 
I did not get a second interview with them. <laughs> anyway, another thing I'm just going to throw out there. I'm not, I'm not making any assumptions. I'm not making any assumptions about this beloved audience and the state of, in the state of South Carolina. But I'm just saying, if any of you happen to have a hundred some odd million, 135 million dollar F-35 jet that you just have thrown a tarp over and it's in your backyard, maybe it's next to the camper, maybe it's next to the, you know, the addition to the house you're building. Can you please give the government the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter back that it has lost and is now asking the general public to help find? We need to talk more about this because I can find my kids' iPhones if they are lost. I have like the find my phone, the tracker. I can go like look up where my kids' iPhones are. I can see basically where my kids are based on where their iPhones are. How does the government not know at all times where every jet is? How can you lose a jet? I know this got discussed with Malaysian Airlines, but that was at least out over the Indian Ocean. We're talking about in the continental United States. You know, someone right now probably knows where a $135 million state-of-the-art F-35 fighter plane is. And I think it is one of these situations, Clay, where no questions asked. Just just turn it in. But don't fly it in. Like, tell them where it is. I would recommend not getting in there yourself and trying to drop it off at the airport. Just my thought. I just It seems impossible that this could be the world that we live in. Find the jet, hopefully. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.